podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. Are you getting this? I think we've already had that issue. Welcome to the Movie Movie Podcast, everybody! Episode number 71. 71. We are back! 71! It has been a while. 71. Got the movie Seven. 71 up there. One. I wish you'd be watching 71 while doing number 71. I am your host, Tiggs. It's too better. That's too better than a 69. I just made that joke! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> With me as always, Peter. Hey! Russ. Hi. And Alex. Debatable on the always part. Did you he know. drop out? Did he drop out? No. Oh, oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Alex, who, who missed out on like three quarters of last podcast. No, he heard it all. We just couldn't hear him. Yeah. Wait, you heard us? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he thought oh. he thought we were just ignoring him and doing a bit. I, I thought you couldn't hear anything. Yeah. That does sound like something we would do, but it is actually not what we did. Uh, yeah. I mean, if only we thought about it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and like you could go in, you could argue that we just cut out all of his lines. I'm yeah. not doing that much work. Are you kidding me? Tix doesn't have time for that. No, I don't have time for that. I mean, I probably do, but I'm not going to do it. I'm too lazy for that. This podcast takes two months to edit. <laughs> That's why they're so <laughs> spread out. <laughs> Speaking of two months, it has actually been three months since our last podcast, so we have a bunch of movies to talk about. So let's just jump right into some rust down in with. Uh, I could, uh, you know, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, let's go there. Sure. Uh, misogynist. Let me just get there and then we'll do oh my God. that. <laughs> Wonder Woman, directed I want a super by PJ. Cut of the 71 episodes of Russ being like, oh, just one second, I'll find a movie. <laughs> that would be a fun supercut. I don't have to talk uh, that. Yeah. All right, Wonder Woman. Patty Jenkins. Before she was Wonder Woman, she was Diana. Princess of the Amazons, trained warrior. When a pilot crashes and tells of conflict in the outside world, she leaves home to fight a war, discovering her full powers and true destiny. Yes, I guess. Sounds all right. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's, 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 I, I always hate it when superhero movies have that, like, that rust down where it completely ignores the fact that everyone already knows what you're talking about and just just doesn't say like, oh yeah, Wonder Woman the superhero. This is this is her. Here right. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So um, one of the few movies that we all saw. Yes. For good reason. Uh, so DC has stumbled a lot over the past couple of years, and while this movie is not without its flaws, it is so much better than like basically oh. everything else. I mean, this would maybe be like a B B plus by like Marvel standpoint uh, standards, uh, but like compared to everything else that DC has done, it's amazing. Right. Yeah. It it ha- it's st- you know it has all the flaws that a Marvel movie does in terms of its uh, framing. Like it really dips towards the end. It gets very boring once once like uh, this movie has all its cards on the table and we know everything and it just. You know, it's gone. It's up to its boss fight. It's very uninteresting at that point. Oh, and it, 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 it was a boss fight. Like there were yep. yeah. different stages and everything. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it is about superhero movies and villains, and like them either being the focus of it or not interesting at all. Uh, these were completely not interesting. Yeah, uh, villains. Uh, I can't. I could not tell you. Granted, I saw the movie like two and a half months ago. Right, but I could not tell you what 
their motivation was or anything. I always wanted to call them Kratos, but it wasn't. It was Ares. It's just like totally forgettable villains, but I mean, you didn't go to this movie for the villains. You went to see uh, a kick-ass lady superhero, which we got in 2017. So, going to that, I mean, other than all the trappings I had that, like, compared to Marvel and DC stuff, it it does set out and give us the most interesting, interestingly written and acted main character in a superhero film since I think we first laid eyes on Tony Stark. Like, like everything Diana does is great. It's on character. It's yeah. interesting. It's big. It, it there's heart to it. It's funny. Gal Gadot, yeah. I think, murders his role. Oh yeah, and, she she's fucking great. And it's one of those things that like you know. Iron, like Tony Stark, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. played Tony Stark, but now Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. Right, yeah. Like Wonder Woman will always be Gal Gadot. Like, she, like she is she, the absolute emotional core of this film. She encapsulates this yeah. role. Yeah, and it, it's hard and, to picture this role without her now. And I, you know, good. She needs to be in more of it. Like, uh, what's next? Is it Justice League? Justice League. Which yeah. is undergoing massive reshoots, uh. but, like, there hasn't been a DC character, period, character, period, yet, that I've been like, oh, wow, that is exactly that person. Like, that right. feels so much like that person. We haven't gotten that yet. Uh, I've been Affleck's a good choice for Batman. I haven't quite gotten to see him be the Batman I think he should be. Right. Henry Cavill looks like Superman, That's and then everybody it. else I don't know shit about. She is so Wonder Woman that it like it it's it's great, but it's also frustrating because they nailed this one, but they set up so many other things that I know aren't going to be close to as good because they, they like this happened to be good from happenstance. Like yeah. this wasn't good because they made it good. This I mean, was they, good. it just happened to be good. I mean, she was already in a movie that wasn't good as this character. <laughs> That's right. true. Well, she, but the weird thing is, I don't think I don't think it felt like she was this character at all. Other than no. that, than her one little smile during the fight, which was fun in that movie, but does not feel like this person we met. No, right. it didn't feel like her at all. No, and the weird thing is that this this Wonder Woman. I thought I think would fit in so well in between that fight between Superman and Batman. As yep. this, like she doesn't say anything in Batman vs Superman, right? There, she has like once, not when she's, she kind of slinks around. Yeah, when when she's in costumes, I don't think she has any lines whatsoever. Okay, but when she's out of costume, she talks to Bruce Wayne. Okay, at, at that party. Oh yeah, at that. That's oh right, right, right. And she opens emails. Yeah. Yes. Obviously. Um, <laughs> and she does that a lot. Yeah, but. Yeah, I, I, that's the, I guess the frustrating thing is it's like, wow, they made this like one beautiful movie that has created her to be kind of almost like, if you're comparing everything to Marvel, which you kind of have to do, yep. she's like a hybrid Thor and Captain America, which yeah. is really an interesting combination. Sure. And I'm cool with it. Everything, everything on like, Am- on like the Lady Amazon Island was fucking dope. Yeah, it was just like most of the stuff in Asgard is dope. Yep. 
I liked Captain America for being a period piece. I liked this for being a period piece. Yep. It uses its time well. Mm-hmm. The villain is stupid. Villains so really it, stupid. It, like, it, it's, it's like it took it took most of the best lessons from both uh, Thor's world of movies and Captain America's world of movies. But also, like, I didn't realize that I needed how much I needed to see just a woman superhero alone kicking ass until I saw it. Right. I was like, I was always happy that it was happening. Yeah. But when she steps out there in no man's land, like that's the best. I, I wanted to bring that it. up. Yeah. I felt stuff that like I don't that you don't really get in most superhero movies. Like yeah. I was like, holy shit! And there were and like, like yeah, go ahead. people were crying. Like, yeah. That that was such an awesome moment that no other like you you can't do it again. It it happened. No. no. And Wonder Woman has it. And everything else has to play catch up with this. That yeah. was so fucking great that it kind of it made the shitty boss fight at the end not really matter as much because I know this I know this character to her core, right? And the, the, I can get by a, a shitty villain because yeah, all these movies and the di- and the dialogue before she steps out of the trench is fantastic too. Like her motive, like the reasoning for getting out of that trench is great. And then in right. the boss fight, we get the dumb line of. There's so much more. Like I choose love. Right. Yeah. Like, I'll kill you. Yeah. Like the the writing goes downhill to fit that scene. But this is just like when she's like, w- like why is that an option? Why is that something that you would just do? Like like when she's completely confused. Right. That right. anyone would say no to acting at this moment. Yeah, and that's great. And uh, the only like I was getting. Like two green screeny Zack Snyder feelings from this movie at times, especially with a lot of the close-ups of her. And like when it first jumped into uh, No Man's Land, I was just like, "Oh man, here we go again." And then there's the overhead shot, and I was like, my jaw basically dropped. Yep. Yeah. Well, the problem with yep. a lot of the DCs, it just doesn't feel like they're fighting anywhere. Like the right. dooms they fight, they had this whole like reasoning for why it would be this desolate-looking island. That just seemed completely blank and colorless, but and you get that from the they're they're, they're working like coloring the sky is terrible. Oh you yeah, get that in the boss. Like, oh yeah, we we maybe seen a sky that color maybe once or twice a year. Every single DC movie, it's that odd color in the sky, like it over a, a yeah, expansive like, landscape. It makes no fucking sense. They need to give up on their weird like color filters for stuff. It's they really do. Oh yeah, bad. their color palette's terrible. I said, I think it's Zack Snyder. Like, yeah, he he's kind of like defined that color palette for them for a very long time. I mean, he used it on it's it's he used it on since like Watchmen, Watchmen basically, and, yeah. Uh, three hundred and bitch slap three hundred, yeah. Bitch and slap. the owls of Gahul sucker punch sucker punch. Sucker punch. <laughs> There's another movie called Bitch Slap though, right? What, what am I thinking? Of? I think there is actually. I think, I think that there, may, I, there, there has to be a movie named Bitch Slap, like. How can there not? You be? actually might be thinking about the uh, NBC series The Slap. That was fantastic. Did that get a second season, or was that just that one? No. Yeah. It was the best show I've ever seen. That was, what, Zachary Quinto? <laughs> oh, my God. Like... Quinto was killing it. But this isn't the TV TV podcast. No, no, um, it's not. No, yeah. Uh, that, there, there's a much longer gap in those episodes. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, good news is Bitch Slap is a movie. Obviously. If it wasn't a movie, we were... Came out in 2009. 
What did, what did uh what did you guys think about that man candy Chris Pine? I thought I mean I I actually liked him. I, I liked yeah. it, I liked I liked the entire group a lot. Um Me too. I thought they were a lot of fun to watch and I was very happy that uh oh god. Uh that Chris Pine where Die. Chris yeah, where that Chris Pine's character dies at the end. Because I was very much expecting them to just bring him back somehow, some dumb bullshit, but they yeah. didn't. And maybe they will later. But no, like it, in this movie, like as it stands, I I was very happy with that decision because I did not think that they were going to go there. Yeah, I mean, I I like I just wish because all the other side characters weren't overly heroic; they were very human. Yeah, and I yeah. like that as the arc of the film being like, yes, these are human beings that will make mistakes and do this and do everything they can. And it, but it might not always be good. Well. But she should be above that. Yeah. But Chris Pine at times felt a little bit too heroic. And only when he said he didn't want to do stuff is when I thought his character worked best. Like No Man's Land. Yeah, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we should do this, I don't want to do this, I, I, like, we like have this to do it this way. Like, yeah. or whatever, yeah. That, I liked his, that part of his character, so his, like, very heroic turn isn't the best, but it's nice that he's dead. And then Pam from The Office showing up. Not looking the at origi- all like, The original Yeah, office. the original Office, yeah. Was there any Pam oh, yeah. from the British one? Uh, let's just say yes. Yeah. Can't remember. Um... Yeah, I, I I have I guess I have high hopes now for Justice League. I don't know. I don't I think don't. I should. Uh, I don't, think don't, don't do don't do that to yourself. <laughs> I don't know because my my thing too is that like, granted, the No Man's Land was great. Everything after that was really great. But the, but when she breaks into that um, where Song. you know that you know the second floor of that house, the fight still felt like a Zack Snyder fight and especially like the Batman fight in Justice League and yeah. it felt too similar yeah, that's, Her, yeah. the more the heroic shots that Patty Jenkins put together I liked a hundred times yeah. more but like the that action of it felt too much of what we've seen but like her kneeing the guy out the window very heroic heroic like jumping across the rooftops all that stuff classic classic Wonder Woman yeah was really great but like yeah, the, <laughs> no, the, I mean, the was... fighting directions felt the same so I'm not sure how she's gonna do in, a, in the who who knows? Like sixty percent at this point, Zack Snyder film we're about to see. It's kind of worrisome. Um, he stepped down though, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I think most of like the actual principal stuff was finished. They just had to do all the digital stuff, like Steppenwolf's character. But apparently, yeah, they're adding so well, changing so much to it. Really? Yeah. All right. Who knows? I don't know. That that seems to be what what Warner's been doing with all of DC's films recently, yeah. so I'm not surprised. Just, well, just, just let Joss Whedon do what he did for that first, or for, I guess technically that second phase of Marvel movies, where he kind of just like had his hands in there yeah. from Avengers through oh, yeah. Ant-Man. Just kind of let him steady this ship, because you started it with Snyder, and it didn't really work. Right. Uh, yeah. So let somebody like like J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams is the type of dude who can kind of come in, look at like what something needs to be, make it that, and walk away. Let let him just clear the palette and set you guys up so that the movies don't suck. Yeah. I don't want to see bad DC movies. No, I love DC. I love the DC universe and the characters. Like it, it's it's painful most of the time when when they're so bad. Like, I wanted... I, I mean, we all knew Batman vs. Superman was going to be trash, but, like, it oh, could yeah. have been fun. But it wasn't. It did, was two and a half hours of... Did Wonder Woman have all the reshoots and everything, too? No. I don't no. Think, I, think, 
I think, well, I think they wanted, um, I had heard, uh, that, that they actually wanted to, like, change up the No Man's Land scene, but the director fought hard to keep it the way it was. Um, so I think there were more little things like that than anything else. Oh. I think they just, you know, when you have faith in the director, just, you know, sometimes good things happen. Let's just go with that. Yeah. 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 Hire the person that you want, then just be like, make the movie that you uh, yeah. that we all agreed on it, and we're not just we'll going to come in here and rip it apart. Yeah. I'm very excited for this character. I'm worried how she's going to fit in in Justice League with everyone, like... The two new characters looking to be nothing but joke machines, oh. and Batman looking to be well, three new characters though, right? Who am I? Oh, I forgot about Cyborg. Just yeah, like the trailers do. Mm-hmm. Does that dude <laughs> say anything in any of the trailers? I don't think so. Uh, no. Probably like, hold on. The classic Cyborg catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know how she's gonna fit in this because she. Because it still looks like it's Batman's team. Yeah, but right. There's, she. I don't know. I, I I think Gal Gadot and that character and the work that they put in deserve so much more that I I I, I want them to do more with Wonder Woman. Then, but she, I, you would hope if so. No, if there's no Superman, she should be the leader. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it should kind of play out similar to Wonder Woman's structure, where she had her team of like dudes who had their like special thing. Right, and it honestly should be her running the show, saying Batman, you go fucking do that. Aquaman, you go do that. Because she, I mean, it it, it would make it would make perfect sense, and it would be a logical evolution of her character. Yeah. Now she's got people on her level that she can do that to. Yeah, she's also she's a older, lot older than ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it would make perfect sense, and it's frustrating that it won't be that. Yeah, and then when Superman comes back, it kind of should be like those two kind of jockeying for leadership, with Batman kind of being like the wild card who doesn't really want to be there. But whatever, I don't give a shit. Let's talk about another movie. All right, yeah, let us move on to I guess the other superhero movie that has come out since our last podcast, and that would be Spider-Man Home. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to Valerian. We'll get to Valerian. Based on a comic. It was based on a comic. It's true. Yeah. I actually I've downloaded all those Thomas Bond's comic too. We got a lot of comic book movies. What you guys? I just realized that they make a lot of comic book movies. What? Really? Yeah, yeah it's weird. Uh, so Rust Down for Spider Man Homecoming. Spider Man Homecoming, directed by it doesn't matter because it's Marvel. Uh, <laughs> Peter Parker, with the help of his mentor Tony Stark. Tries to balance his life as an ordinary high school student in New York City while fighting crime as a superhero alter ego Spider Man when a new threat emerges. Did he really have uh, Tony Stark's help? For th- I thought it was mostly like Tony Stark not giving a crap for most of this Tony movie. Tony Stark's in the movie for like seven seconds. Yeah. Well, he had his. I mean, he gives him the suit. Yeah. But then he takes the suit I back. Help. How do we talk about this movie with Alex having not seen it? Oh, yeah. Without completely mm. spoiling it. My uh, I'll favorite. leave for a bit. <laughs> Say it again? I said I'll leave for a bit. No, 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 no. no, no, no. We no, just no, will no. we'll avoid spoilers. We will 100% avoid because spoilers. this, I don't care about spoiling other movies, but this is one that, like, I wouldn't want spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. I legitimately know nothing about it. Okay, and that's kind of a great way to go into it, because there's a lot of cool reveals and stuff that, that will happen throughout the movie that are that were 100% shocking and surprising to me. I was like, oh, 
Yeah. How did I not see? Like, wow, that was really well done. Um, it's it's, oh, yeah, it's that, one of those that things really that should have been obvious, but they just never even made you think about it at all. And, and a lot you away from it. And there's a couple of things like that in yeah. the movie. Um, is this I re- a bit? I can't even tell now. No, it's not. I rewatched a, a boot like a, a shitty bootleg oh, of I it. Uh, the other no, I mean I saw so it twice. Russell in Russell Hater, it twice. Again. <laughs> so you did not pay for it again. I paid for it twice. Um, Take that. But yeah. I saw a bootleg of it like a couple days ago, and how are the bootleg qualities now? They're still not quite there. Right. I'm waiting. They're getting a little bit better. All right. But um, the like the thing that is super surprising, they tease at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. But you're not paying attention. Really? So you don't really realize it. And now, like, going into it a third, fourth time, I'm like, oh, holy shit. They laid out the cards right right from the beginning, but you're not paying attention because you're just excited to see Spider-Man again. Like, or Spider-Man done properly. Right. Uh, so that time. big reveal, like, I'm like, wow, really well done. Like, this movie is so goddamn good. Because it didn't even have to be a superhero movie. And for a lot like, of it, it kind of, you know, it's it's him trying to figure out how to become a superhero and failing. Um, and that's the charm of this movie, and that's the charm of Spider-Man. Like, it just, it works. Yeah, it follows that pattern of failure, cleanup, failure, cleanup, failure, cleanup, all the way through. Yeah. Um, and, and it allows this character to go through this arc that puts them at a much different place than any other superhero has been at the end of their film. Yep. In which we understand where he's going to go, what he's going to do, and we know it's different from everyone else. Um, and I really enjoyed it for that, because it, it made, it really made Peter Parker feel like a high school student more than any, any other uh, uh, one of the others' films we've seen beforehand. I mean, and it was, doesn't was gloss... In, he was in high school in those other movies. Right. But he didn't feel like right. a high school kid. Well, no, because right. Tobey Maguire was 30 when he played him, and Andrew Garfield was 24, and this kid's actually yeah. 19, right? He was like 18 or 19 at the time of filming, and right. now I think he's he might he might have just turned 20. Um, but he's been this character now for almost two years. Um, but, yeah, what I liked about him being a high school student is that, like, similar to what Peter said, like, he wasn't just in high school, he was a true high school student. The stakes of this movie are high school kid stakes. Like, he... He feels... He is a superhero if a teenager was a superhero. A teenager's motivations are still, like, you know, their hormones and their parents and rebellion and all those sorts of things... And all of that comes through in this character. It's not just lip service where he's this, like, uh, genius who happens to be a cool superhero and also happens to be smarter than everyone in the room. Yeah, he's a genius and he's a superhero. He's not emotionally intelligent whatsoever. So, which is most high school kids. Like, they don't know shit. So, seeing a kid who doesn't know shit try to be a superhero is so refreshing because we've gotten so many experts and billionaires and geniuses. Yeah, everyone seems to be great immediately. Right. Yeah, the web he gets a compliment from Tony Stark in Civil War about the web fluid design. Yeah. And then it's not a big deal at all. Like it's just a part of what he does. Like we're we're not constantly bogged down the fact that he's super smart. Yeah. 
um, and did that part of it. You know, it, it's more it's mostly based on what is he going to do and how is he going to like, you know, hold himself, and 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 how does he act more so than anything else. Right. And that's and that's reflected by this high school kid, right? More than anything else. Uh, yeah, trying to um, what, what what was the crap? There was something else I wanted to mention. Yeah, I liked I liked the framing of it too. I thought it was really fun to jump back pre Civil War, like in, at, towards the middle of Civil War, and see it through his eyes, which was really fun. That yeah. was a really good. Yeah, opening. oh, the intro, yeah, where he's like actually yeah, like a videoing everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, that was, was very really cool. Very fun. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I would how's, say, how's uh, uh, Michael Keaton? He's great. He's really, really great. good. Really, really good. Definitely well worked on villain. Ton of motivation. Great scenes. We get he's where our... he's coming from. We get why he's doing this and what he wants. Like it's it's very clear. And it's not. It's as I think maybe Russ said it. Russ has said this a bunch when we've talked about it in the past. It's not a save the world situation, right? At all. No. Michael Keaton's not destroying the world or holding a city hostage. Nope. And, and I think that really hits it well. I, I think he, he 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 chewed scenery, but like in an appropriate way. And he's probably what the second best villain in the Marvel universe. Wow, All Loki. Right. Yeah, yeah. You would That's... say Loki is Loki's the goat. Yeah, he's got to be number two. Oh, I thought we were talking about from like Iron Man two, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, whip, um, whiplash, whiplash all day. Yeah. <laughs> right, I, I, I really ride for Justin Hammer, so. Uh, oh. But yeah, Michael Keaton owns, and he, he he's so so good in this, and he brings he brings a level of like I'm a very good actor to this movie. And granted, the movie is full of like good actors, but like he, but I don't know, he, Michael fucking Keaton, like right, and everything that comes with that, like yeah. he really fucking yeah. brought it. Um, but yeah, I love, I love a superhero movie with not without world ending stakes. Yeah. And I, I think that's why like this and Ant-Man have such a special place in my heart. It's because like Ant-Man is a fucking great movie and it doesn't get a lot of credit because it's not this big, crazy, expensive movie. It's just such a fun movie to watch. Yeah. This might be the least expensive Spider-Man movie that was made since like the it's it's cheaper than amazing it's cheaper than both amazings Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 2 wow really yes oh 3 was so bad (laughs) it's a cheaper movie than those because it it didn't throw its money at special effects it it spent its time on character development yeah and Uh, if you're developing characters you don't need to spend a billion bajillion dollars yeah and no spoilers, the very, very end, once again, just was a great way to end that movie, to conti- oh my continuously set it apart from other other um, uh, Spider-Man portrayals, in which this will continue to be different. Yeah. And oh, I thought you different. meant the teaser, at, or the, uh, the the final credit scene. No, Which no, was no. also great. <laughs> no, oh, that the, was great. The, very, the end of the movie proper was just like... Here's what we're gonna do next. Here's where we're going, and it's something you haven't seen before from a Spider-Man movie ever. It, to continuously make this feel different and better and new, which mm-hmm. I thought was such a good idea. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, uh, Alex, this is <coughs> of all the movies uh, that we have on this list of movies that we have seen. 
This is the yep. one that I would say you got to see it. Um, just yeah. It's, well, Possibly eight. Oh, eight. Yeah. I love the theater, so I'm actually going to try to fit that in soon this weekend, maybe. It's it's super good. It's super fun. Like, yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. I guess maybe Apes, but I don't know. I really, I you know, yeah. This is it's Apes is probably better um, because of how surprising Apes is. But Spider-Man. Apes Apes is better, but this like in terms of like Marvel movies and like what we're what we've been used to getting is so goddamn refreshing and great yeah. that you'll appreciate it in another lens. Like, I love War of the Planet of the Apes, which would probably be the next movie we talk about. Yes, but, we'll move into that. Um, but Spider-Man, I'm going to watch, like, a hundred times. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that... I'll, I'll watch War one or two more times. Yeah, the, uh, this and Wonder Woman are the two movies I've seen twice this summer already. Really? Yeah. All right, yeah. You know what? Let's just move right into it then. Um, and let us go straight into the rust down for war for the planet. I, I always I always forget it's war four. Yeah, no, because I expect of. Uh, yeah, uh, it's actually pretty short. Uh, directed by war. Matt Reeves war yet again. After the apes suffer unimaginable losses, True. Caesar wrestles with his darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest to avenge his kind. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. yeah, there's no. I mean, we've said it now for the third time. I don't understand how good how how this movie is so good. Oh, where no. like how they're still top. Well, not exactly topping themselves. I still think the second one's the best. Like how really? they're still coming from. Ah, I, I think this one is. I think there is is so crazy that I go into a movie and like going into this movie is just like all right, this is a stupid premise, right? This is just like it's a it's a bunch of apes. And they're they're like it's a it's a dumb idea. And they got a planet. And they got a planet. Like this is you know it's an extended Twilight Zone uh, episode idea basically. <laughs> um, and then they make this super serious war movie that's like part Great Escape, part Bridge on the River uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, yeah. uh, uh, part like Apocalypse Now, and it fucking yeah. works so well. And I and watching it, my mind and like it is beautifully shot. L- like it's going to oh, be, it's gorgeous. It's like it's an actual yeah. war movie. This is a war movie. Yeah, like, this there's is no other straight way up of, a war movie. This isn't the third Apes movie. This no. is a war movie, and, and it is dead serious. Yeah, and it works. And you're just and, like Andy Serkis, fuck. Yeah. And here's the thing: it's dead serious, and this is funnier than either of the last two. Yeah, and, and it I, finds ways to like pepper humor in where necessary, especially with like Steve Zahn's character. Oh, Steve but, Zahn. Really worked super super well in that, dude. He was great. Um, um, and like, but there's what three speaking humans basically in this whole movie? There, yeah, there too. is infinitely less speaking right. roles for humans. Like Woody Harrelson speaks, his uh, other guy speaks, and yeah, our, one, actually it might be two. The, the guy, guy, spare, the guy yeah, who they spare yeah. at the beginning, yeah, yeah. Woody Harrelson maybe has about ten minutes of screen time in total, but he does have that monologue, which I was actually kind of like, eh, I don't know about like this is a little much right now. I, I got it. I got where he was coming from though. Oh no, yeah, I totally agree. Um, but it's wild. Like this movie eschews the like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Still, it was like okay, A plot is these there, B plot is these humans. This movie is A plot apes, B plot apes, yep, C plot little girl, maybe who's li- yeah, little girl, yeah. D the plot, little girl. B plot little girl. humans. Like uh, the humans don't matter at all. They could have not been in the movie. Like granted, it's a war, so they had yeah, to be there. Yeah, Woody Harrelson is a huge story. Yeah, but we don't care like, about it. No, no. 
Not like, remotely. I want to watch apes do American Sign Language. That was now. Go ahead, Alex. Even it's, more. Uh, well, I mean, it sounds like you guys are really going bananas over this, but uh, <laughs> no, no. So, is it weird, like having nothing really be that connected besides Caesar? Um, Luca and Maurice are still in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maurice is still there. Rocket. Um, it 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 makes sense. I right, think there's it's... a little Chiron at the beginning that explains some stuff. Yeah. But, um... Oh, yeah. I liked how it was done. Like, it was kind of... It, it felt cheesy, but I was like, oh, it did feel cheesy, cheesy. yeah. But I think these are movies that, like, people always say, hey, it's really good, go see it. And people say, well, what if I didn't see the last one? And people, like us, say, who cares, just go see it. Yeah. So I feel like they had to put a pretty comprehensive Chiron in there because these movies always get people who hadn't seen the last one. Yeah, but I, I actually saw Comprehensive Chiron open one time. They were great. Yeah, their their earlier stuff though. Yeah, I'm not really into what they're doing these days. Oh. It's Thank too you. it's too prog rock, and I don't love prog rock. Um, Understandable. But yeah, this movie is super duper fun. Um, I I don't get transported that easily, and to like fucking watch CGI apes do shit for over two hours. Yeah, yeah. And and never really realize that I'm watching, like, ridiculousness. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a great show. show. It's a great yes. show. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so, so awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely the best war movie of the year. I'm sure we're going to move on to what people would expect to be the best movie, best war movie of the year next, but this is. Like, it, it has that emotional weight that everyone does, and it... it Every, like you follow those characters, you feel for those characters, and it's just it, it's. I don't. And still, that performance is so strong by Andy Serkis. I it really is. Yeah. I don't know how you can't finally give him a nod, just to well, say, "Damn, you've done that!" Like so much. Damn you, dirty ape! Here's an Oscar. That would um, actually be like, awesome I, if I, they said I, that. And they had they had like one sort of piece of promotional material that just had Andy Serkis right to camera. Oh, yeah doing a monologue and he slowly morphed into Caesar because like Caesar is so expressive yeah when he's talking Facial. and that's come and that's not coming from the animators that's right. coming from Andy the the right. motion Andy. capture stuff has come very far along to the to the point oh where my it is God. almost it's... basically one for well, like one to one what is happening on screen and what he is doing yeah yes yeah, yeah. I, w- I would I would not disagree yeah it's it truly is fantastic um I, I can't believe what this guy has pulled off in a franchise that should not even be good. Like, yeah. these shouldn't even be good movies, and they're great. I was I, I still remember being shocked by Rise, thinking, oh, there's a James Franco Planet of the Apes movie? Oh, God, yeah. How how am I going to enjoy this? And I, and I was just completely came out of left field, hit me like a truck. This movie is very well done. And each one is tonally different. Like, yeah. they 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 take place over a, a long enough stretch of years that like each one you would feel like no connection between them, but there's still that through line that is Caesar. That's the only through line that you need. And yeah, Maurice and whatever. Uh, granted, I I fucking love Maurice. Yeah. So so goddamn much. I. Wish if we got taken over, I would find Maurice and be like, "Dude, I 
I, I ride for that guy. He's the best. Yeah. He really is. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's so goddamn good, and it shouldn't be. And it's yeah. criminal to me that the first one was a surprise hit. The second one was an unmitigated, like, huge success. Yeah. And this one is not doing well. Is it really not? No. It's not. What, what are the numbers at Box Office Mojo? Like, 130, probably. Wow. Wow. On a 150 budget. What did two do? So, you, you figure it's about 300 million, because they, they spend about the same amount now on marketing and That's true, promotion. Yeah. So, you would need about 300 million just to make break even worldwide. Even, even overseas, this didn't do. It's like, like I think it's at like 280. Is that wow. 286? Worldwide. Damn. All right. That's insane. I'll check. Like, that does not make any fucking sense. No. Yeah, it's already gone for most theaters here. I mean, but, yeah, you know, it's been But I don't think it opened in China yet. Oh, really? That, I, I mean, that'll, think, that, that'll do something. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it got the China release yet, which is probably another 60, 70 million. Yeah. Um... So it'll yeah, break even for sure. It's, but... it's still got some places to open, and it'll break even. And one blip in the radar... Like, there's still places they can go with this story, but I like... I, I also think, like, how people generally don't get fatigued from the three-year-out sequel uh, movies. Like, every Planet of the Apes movie was a three-year uh, release pattern. Not two. I feel like two years, sometimes people get tired of that. Right. But, like, Matt Reeves, he's like, I want to take my time, and I want to do it right. When I when I have an idea, I want to take a year off, figure out an idea, and then spend two years making it. And they've so that's like the fourth, perfect. right? I, don't, I thought they were done. No, I'm pretty sure they greenlit the next one. Oh, that's too bad. I don't know that it was greenlit, but I think they're trying to figure out a way to do it. I, I, I love this ending. I love that this ending the ending that we got. I think it's perfect for the story we've been told so far. I yeah. don't need to see any more. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm bummed that this isn't, didn't do as well in the box office because if anything, it just might mean not as big or as nice of a trilogy box set yeah, on Blu-ray that I would love to own. So, seeing like all the motion capture in this and like and also like Jungle Book last year, how does everyone feel about Lion King coming out now? Like, because it's going to be similar, right? Well, we have Andy Serkis's Jungle Book that's being made. Is that did that never come out? No, it's he's. Is that still a thing? Right? Yeah, I I think it is still a thing. Man, all right. Well, you know, hey, if he can get it done, I'll watch anything that Andy Serkis can can do. Basically, at this point, because that that guy is just insane. Um. But all right, so Alex, do you have any more any questions about War for Planet of the Apes or Spider Man uh, as our two like flagship movies right now? I mean, they both sound great. They're they're the ones I'm probably most excited to see. Uh, you guys sound pretty high on them. I actually don't even want to know much more. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm good. So yeah, I feel like we should probably stop on that one uh, there as well. Um, and let us move into the rust down for. Dunkirk, since we were talking about... Woo, I was already there! Woo-hoo! Uh, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Uh, Allied soldiers from Belgium, the British Empire, and France are all surrounded by the German army and evacuated during a fierce battle in World War II. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Jesus! Um, I... 
I really love the framing of this movie. Oh, it's especially brilliant. in the sense that they it comes up on the screen the one day, one hour, one week thing. Right. And it doesn't explain what that means at all. It takes a while for it. And then and, you're just like, oh. And once it clicks, it adds this like weight to the movie yeah. that you didn't feel before because of the speed and the stakes and yeah. like how much they're going through. And especially in a short amount of time for the ones that have a shorter amount of time. Yeah. Like, I, and for that, it made me like it a lot more. And it was just, it was, it was just, it never sort of led up. Like it, it, it started in that very, very uh, um, cliche bunch of soldiers walking down a street. Yeah. And then after that, it was like, no, just, that's not what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes. And like hour 40, Three for this movie, right? Yeah. And like, if, the, if this movie was just intense, basically from that until the end, like the and- first, the first gunshot I heard in this movie, fucking like rattled me to like to my bones. And they just yeah. keep because coming. like the sound in this movie is so good and explosive. It- it will win. It will win the sound mixing and editing categories far, far and away. And I normally don't give a shit what wins that. This, this has. To, this better fucking because yeah. I, every fucking it, it sound like every gunshot, every sniper, every oh my God. every like it's every any kind of explosive explosive type sound when was in- so you felt it. When they're in the ship and like the shots are coming through the ship side and it's like yep. got the clanging to it as well and it's just like holy crap. Yep. Everything about this I mean I, you were saying uh, that War for the Planet of the Apes was your preferred war movie but I don't know. I think Dunkirk is like hands down it just it gets in gets out and it, like it's an hour 40 that feels like an hour even though you're just tense and on the edge of your seat the entire time and you just like you feel and, and fucking and Mark Rylance man he should be in every movie doing anything it doesn't matter because everything that he does is just gold he was really great yeah yeah, yeah I, my, I mean, I only had my same problems with Nolan with a lot of his, like, actual dialogue writing, and I thought the Kenneth Branagh scenes were just so cheesily written yeah, that they kind of took away from it a little bit. Um, but, but there's I, so little dialogue throughout for the most uh, part. Yeah. I, I think he's such a skilled director that I'll give him a pass on writing, because he's not a good writer at all. Um, he's a very, very, very good director, and he doesn't know how to put heart into something, but yeah. he knows how to make you feel something. Right. So yeah. he kind of puts it on you. He's like, I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna create a situation that's just so fucking tense that it's your responsibility to care. It's yeah. your responsibility to care about these people. I'm not gonna give you any backstory, any background, any anything. That shit's on you. Yeah, and I'm fine with that because I'm a I'm an adult and I can handle that. I but I would like for him to not try to make me feel something because yeah. I don't think he's capable of that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like know like, know your strengths and know your weaknesses. There's he a can, theme that pops up towards the end that I think comes up a little too quickly. Um, there's this theme of cowardice that we've never felt throughout the rest of the movie that sort of just all of a sudden comes up. And it's a very heavy theme. Oh, right. When they're, like, actually on the train and stuff when they're like that? On, yeah. When they're finally mm-hmm. heading back, and you get the sense that they feel ashamed. Right, because they because they basically got to Dunkirk and then immediately had to flee it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So that I, that I didn't... I, that I thought came out of... Didn't come out of nowhere, but it just sort of blindsided me and, and could have used a little bit... Like, a few more seeds being planted for it. 
Right. I yeah, I understand that. Um but I feel like everything like they didn't have time to feel that until they finally got out of it. And like yeah. all they wanted to do was get the hell out alive and then once they realized that they did get out alive, it was like, "Oh, shit." Yeah, no, no, but as the, for, for as the movie viewer, like, as the, t- especially the two guys that we kind of follow, trying to get out any means necessary by, like, trick or whatever. Yeah. You don't, I, I never, I never, uh, like, thought they were bad people or thought they were doing something no. wrong. yeah. Like, so the fact that it came up later from other characters more right. so, too, was, I, I, I don't know, it was. But I think it was that, that they shouldn't have felt ashamed because no one, because everyone understood what they, it, yeah. it was like. And I mean, it was like, you know, I think it was really just Harry Styles' feelings about One Direction is really what it comes down to, <laughs> is what he was explaining there in the scene. Um, Which, by the way, he wasn't bad at he all. He was good. I, yeah. Like, I, I, after the movie, I was like, who was that guy? It was like, it was Harry Styles. Like, what? What? what is better, the, the Harry Styles in Dunkirk or Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones? Oh my god, Harry Styles and, and Dunkirk, because he doesn't sing. <laughs> and it doesn't take you out of the, the fucking thing you're watching completely. Yeah, that, I'm going to go with worst. Justin Timberlake and the Love Guru. Mm. Ooh, <laughs> good choice. Thank you. Everyone in Popstar. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out! Um, so this is... I mean, uh, we we did not like Interstellar very much. I know. Um, no, no, uh, I was going to ask. So are you guys kind of back in with, with, with Nolan a bit more? I, I think this movie played to his strengths more so than anything else because he's a, he's a wonderful filmmaker. He's a great director. Yeah. He's got a good idea for story. And, well, he's got a good idea for excitement and how to film that. I don't think he's that great of a writer, and dialogue is his worst part. Yeah, dialogue is and definitely his worst part. I, that was the problem I, I had with parts of this movie. Yeah, I think he can come up with a good idea. He needs to let somebody else write it, and then he needs to direct it. And that was always the best part, was when his brother basically wrote the script, and he directed right. it. It, it, was all, it was like, you know, like, Memento is still fantastic to watch. Um, which ones did he write? He wrote uh, Following This and One Other, right? Uh, it wasn't Prestige. Interstellar he wrote. Right? Oh, maybe it was Interstellar then. Because um, I think this is like one of three works that he's done that isn't adapted. Um, and that he wrote on his own without his brother. Uh, no, Interstellar was him and his brother. Yeah. Uh, this movie, though, there, there's so little dialogue for a lot of it. And, and bits of it, you know, the stuff that Mark Ryland says, again, like, you give that man a script, it could say anything on it, and you're just going to be like, I love this guy. It doesn't matter. what it's like. <laughs> the dialogue could be as bad as you want it to be. But, but you, you feel <laughs> for him. Um, you, like, there's... It's hard to talk about some of the stuff uh, without spoiling uh, other bits of it, but uh, th- there's like th- there's the, the kid on the boat that is that is a very like intense scene. Oh yeah. Um, there and then there's the bit at the end with the newspaper that like I was like in tears basically at that point. Like I was so fucking happy. Um, and then there's the whole uh, there's the speech that they actually read off at the end, which was which was interesting because that that was the actual speech. Um. Yeah, and we we keep talking about Mark Rylance. I thought Killian Murphy was fucking great. Killian Murphy was really good. Yeah, Killian because Murphy. his his motivation and his point of view. Yeah, was so accurate. Yeah, because if you put any one of us in his situation, and you would be the exact same way. Like, what the fuck are you doing yeah. now? Why no. are we going back? No. What's going no. on right now? No, 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 no. And you would never get over that. No. Yeah. 
I liked that that realistic the realistic nature of that. Like, yeah, uh, I don't want to say much more, but I, I just I thought his character was written very or was portrayed very real. Yeah, I, I agree. And so, yeah, let's. I don't want to talk too much more about it just because uh, Alex hasn't seen it. But Alex, those are the three movies to see. Uh, All right, that sounds good. Spider Man, uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. Dunkirk, yeah. and if you have time, you know the Emoji Movie, but don't worry about it. It's if the you boss, don't. baby. You gotta give me. You gotta give us a second on that. Uh, emoji what? Movie, big sick. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, uh, yeah. Emoji Movie was it was a dumb kids movie. Um, it's about a bunch of emojis that are trying to get to the Dropbox app of a phone, and in order to get <laughs> no. there, they have to go through uh, Candy Crush, Just Dance, and Spotify. <laughs> what? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't say anything else. Now I might see it. <laughs> I, I, I want to see it now. You, well, I you guess sold all you me. need to know. Like, you just, if, if, if you hear that and you're just like, that sounds so dumb, I want to see it, you should see it. Like I'm, I'm going to. Like, the eight that this has on Metacritic, and, like, I've seen, like, movie reviewers, like, cursing on network TV about how how bad this movie is. Like, it's not... It's not any worse than like half the other fucking kids' movies that come out. Like, is it how how much worse is it than Hotel Transylvania Two? Oh my god! So there, uh, there's the short in the before it for Hotel Transylvania. That's how they start the movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but like, it's a, what was that? The the or like fucking Storks? Like I didn't see Storks, but there was the the, the space no monkey movie that came out earlier this year. Um, space chimps? No, no, not space chimps, because that's that's a great one. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, no, there's another space monkey movie that came out earlier this year, um, and that was way worse than this, I think. <laughs> so there, there's actually bits of this, and I'm just like, that wasn't bad. Um, it's not a movie to like go out to the theater and necessarily see, but if it's on Netflix and you've got like you know, if you got something else to you know, basically do while you're watching it, it's totally fine. Okay, so let me get this straight. Uh, is it you were- under ninety minutes? It is with the um, with the Hotel Transylvania short before it. I think it's just yeah. over ninety. So you're so uh, you're saying right now that you do not advise that our listeners <laughs> put down everything that they're doing with their life right now and go out and see the emoji movie. I am. You know what? Depends <laughs> on what they're doing right now. Honestly, <laughs> oh, if they're just listening to this podcast, Stop probably just you. go see the emoji you movie. You clearly have time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some stuff that, uh, that more of us saw, though. Uh, so let us get the rust down for... What do you guys want to do next? Big Sick. Big Sick. Because you left it off your list of movies to see when you said to Alex, those are the three you have to see. I think those... I mean, I think the Big Sick is very good, but I still feel like those are the three to see. Okay. Uh, the Big Sick, directed by Showalter. Um, Pakistan-born comedian Kumail Nanjiani and grad student Emily Gordon fall in love but struggle as their cultures clash. When Emily contracts a mysterious illness, Kumail finds himself forced to face her feisty parents, his family's expectations, and his true feelings. I like you're doing it first like they were being all whiny about it. (laughs) A mysterious illness. Uh, I absolutely love this. I really like this. I thought it was very funny. Um, I love. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I. Um, so there's, uh, the you know throughout the movie, uh, Kumel's mother is constantly trying to set him up with people, yeah. and at one point they invite the parents of one of these girls over as well to see them, and at that point in the movie, 
the row in front of me was like taking pictures of the screen. And I was like, what's going on right now? So as we're all leaving, it was the two parents <laughs> were actually in the row in front of me. Aww. Which Aww. was awesome. That's <laughs> cute. Um, but again, I think it's really... I mean, Ray Romano kills this movie. Like, he... Shocking. Like, Holly Hunter... Kills in a good way. Yeah. Holly Hunter, you knew, was gonna do good in everything she did. Right, yeah. And her performance is amazing, but... Man, Ray Romano, like... Nails it. ...is so good, and, and it's it's just like, I never expected that. Yeah. Because what has he done since Men of a Certain Age? Uh, he was on the last couple seasons of Parenthood, um, which actually, not a bad show, but right. super white. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he's going to be on the new Epics show? Uh, Get Shorty. What? Yeah, him and Chris O'Dowd are doing a Get Shorty show. <laughs> like, off the movie? Off the, the one book. that everyone's oh, been waiting for. Obviously. Got off him. the book. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess they missed out on the Snatch train on Crackle. Oh, yeah. Wait, no. What? Yeah, yeah there's Snatch. a Snatch TV show. Oh, yeah, there's Sna- Snatch the series is on Crackle. Seriously? There's too many things. There's too many platforms. There really are. Oh, Not man. enough IP. <laughs> Uh, Too many platforms, not enough IP. Yeah, I thought this. I thought this was great. It 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 had some of Judd Apatow's fingers in it with some of its length, and um, you could definitely feel it. Oh, but, you can always feel Judd Apatow's length and fingers. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was so charming and like very way more emotional than you think you would get from a a film about a stand-up comedian. Like I thought the emotion was so well balanced. And I, I, I felt more in this movie than I have in a romantic comedy in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And definitely from a Judd Apatow sort of produced feeling film. Like, none of those movies really made me feel anything. Like, even though, Except like, bored. This is 40 really tried to. Well, um, it's uh, a 40-year-old version. Funny, that was funny people try to really oh, make you feel something. Worst. Like Funny people. Funny people is, a, is, there's a good 30 minutes in there. And yeah. it's just the, it's just the moments with the RZA, basically. And then just <laughs> cut out everything else and like, all right, I, I would watch this. But yeah, that's a super cut that needs to happen. Yeah, but this side, uh, yeah, great. And and it's it's so weird to not talk about Holly Hunter. But you, at first, you want to say, oh man, Ray Romano is amazing. Yeah, but because it, it's shocking. But yeah, well, Holly I think Hunter Holly has Hunter amazing scenes. It, oh, yeah. it's nothing to take away from her, but it's like Holly Hunter did what Holly Hunter does. The comedy club so scene with her is you're, phenomenal. Yeah, I, you're I'm very sorry. used to seeing her in these types of roles, and like. Ray Romano, it's like, I don't think if anybody says, oh yeah, I knew he would actually be able to like, be good in a dramatic role that's kind of funny, most people would say no, Yeah, but I think he's the the bigger surprise. I agree, I think Holly Hunter and him are equally good, but Holly Hunter has done this a billion times and this is the first time we've really seen it in Ray. Um, I love this movie, I thought it was really good. It's an awesome date movie um my only issue with it was my issue and that's i love the actual couple of kumail and emily sure and i like hearing her dialogue through somebody that wasn't her was so jarring when i saw kumail i was like ah you're not emily v gordon i know her through podcasts Right. Uh, and you're yeah. not her, but she was so she was awesome. 
she did a really good approximation of Emily B. Gordon. She's just not Emily B. Gordon. Yeah, and it's fun because like I I know a lot of the story from listening to the two of them do different things. Like I've seen right. I I watched a Dominable uh, Doctor Fives because oh, Kumail was talking about the the uh, movie they watch on their date that he's really excited oh. to get her to watch the Vincent Price film. Oh, okay. Um, and you know. Th- uh, but I thought that they, you know, they wrote it together. They wrote like I thought the script that they had was very good. A lot of subtle oh, great. scenes that don't hammer you on the head what the people are feeling. There is one joke in this movie that I laughed harder than I think I have in a very long time in a movie theater, and to the point which I was sitting across the aisle from somebody, like from one end of the row to the other, and I was laughing so hard. And one of those, like, sustained laughter that I legit locked eyes with a dude all the way on the other side of the row. And we both kind of gave ourselves, like, the, damn, that was a good joke. Like, <laughs> laugh, laugh together for a moment. There was, like, 12 seats in between us, but we had this, like, shared moment of, like, it felt like I was watching the movie with someone. Right. It's super... I'll tell you the joke later. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would like to know the joke later. Yeah, um, yeah I feel like this is, like, th- this is a romantic comedy, um, and I feel like it's, it's probably... More for guys than girls in a lot of ways. Um, sure, I, I I feel like you know, which which is why I think it speaks to to us more yeah. um, than I think like uh, you know a, a lot of uh, more traditional romantic comedies do. But not without being like uh, sophomoric or like angry at women or anything like right, that. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. It is. Exactly. It's definitely geared. More, I think. I think. I felt. I felt very connected to it as a dude. Yeah. But not in a way that kind of, like, put out women. Right, no, yeah. Which I feel like a lot of, like, guy romantic comedy sort of things have a tendency to be, like, women are stupid or women are bitches. And this didn't do that. No. Uh, Yeah, so many great parts. Uh, Very funny. Yeah. The scene when she wakes him up and won't tell him why she wants to leave is so funny. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't care that much for that scene. Really? Yeah, I was like, this is so funny. I thought that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, that was like I wish that was actually cut out. I was like, this Aww. is necessary. Oh, that was very charming. And then and that and then like there's a big reveal about Ray Romano's character that I thought was kind of unnecessary. Uh, I thought it gave it a bit, especially more since like, it's not true, like, as opposed to like the rest of the story, which is very true. Yeah, I thought it gave it more of like a arcs in terms of redemption and and forgiveness and the things you have to do to work on something, especially if you think you did if you think you did something wrong. It's more than yeah. just showing up and saying, I'm sorry, you, you have things that you need to... I don't know. I don't know. But that that wasn't him thinking he did something wrong. That was him doing something wrong. Like, flat well, out. Like, that yeah, was a yeah. fucked up thing. Like, that is... Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like it was... Un, it just kind of came out of nowhere at one point in the movie. And, like, it, it is nice to see, like, everything kind of get resolved for the most part by the end. But I felt like it was... It wasn't necessary for that character. Hmm. Um... Then, like, I feel like Kumal's character could have gotten there on his own as well. Like, yeah. he didn't need that help. He was getting there. Makes sense. He's a good guy. <laughs> Probably. I don't know him. Uh, should we hit? Yeah, the... let's keep moving because we have. This is like an hour, and we've talked about four movies. So let's go to Atomic Blonde. Oh, that's a swerve. Is there? What did uh, you think I should go to? I thought we were gonna go to Baby Driver, but no. Let's we'll go do to Atomic Baby Blonde. Driver. Baby well, I just got to Atomic Blonde. Let's go to Atomic Blonde. We're okay. Uh, David Leach, directed by, co-director of John Wick yeah. 2, sole director of Deadpool 2. Oh, John Wick 1, Deadpool 2. Uh, 
An undercover MI6 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. Um, I will, I will say this part now, and it kind of sticks for it, it. You know, it, it really fits for uh, what I'm going to say later for Baby Driver. Um, had some really amazingly well done parts to it. Mm-hmm. Drags a bit in the middle, oh, yeah. and 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 I just wanted I wanted to like it way more than I actually did. This movie is a fantastic trailer, yeah. and then like yes. but the full length movie is just like. And then I was ha- talking to Pete about this, and I, it, it's probably because it keeps cutting back and forth to like the interrogation. I don't think it needed to be structured that way. No, I 100 percent agree. Like I think that just takes you out of it. Um, yeah. But Charlize is great, fantastic, fantastic in it. Um, like cool twists and everything. Um, but again, yeah, it's a movie that I wanted to like more than I actually did. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I forget who said it. Maybe you said it was like it was being described as being a cross between John Wick and Tinker Taylor. Yeah, Soldier Spy, which it is, but it's that's not a good thing. Like Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy is kind of boring. Yeah, and it, you can kind right. of feel that. Yeah. It's good, but it's kind of... It's slow. Like, this, need, yeah. this so, needed to cue closer to John Wick. It did. Yeah. But, the, man, and, there's some... Now, she, granted... She does some wonderful action. Oh, no, the, the, yeah, the action scenes... Yeah, like, the choreography is amazing, right? Like, yeah, the it, action it in this movie is so good. Yeah. There just needed to be more of it. Like, this is an action movie. I don't need... I don't need, like, a, a twisty-turny spy movie... Just be a kick-ass action movie because that's what you marketed it as, and right. that's that's what well, I wanted. And we it, got a lot of it, but just not enough. It's like sixty-six or seventy-five percent of what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, uh, and what years it said it again? What's nineteen eighty-nine? Oh, okay. D- does it being like a period piece? Does that help it? Do you think? I don't think it makes a difference. No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I. It's always fun to watch a movie without cell phones, though. I'm just like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember that time. Of other yeah, they shows, kind of though, ruin it. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm phones. starting to really need action movies that are fight-based action movies, or even, like, with, a, like, gun violence, for the pe- for the actors to really put in the work to make sure they look the part. And just like Keanu does for John Wick, yeah. Charlie's Theron clearly really made sure she was doing all of this stuff. That ho- The hotel scene is oh, insane. On, yeah. It's Wait, 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 with this in the staircase? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is so. Like, I thought this movie was gonna. I was hoping it'd be more like raid style, where you're just gonna get. If this was her doing that for like ninety minutes, it would be like yeah. it'd be in my top ten. Right. So, 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 so easily. And it's not saying all... I like I don't want story with it, but it's just it feels out of place in when there is like like the hardcore action scene and then. And like a like pseudo Mission Impossible one style like espionage trying to go on <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't like you it it didn't know what it wanted to be it wanted to be both and it just you can't it couldn't do both well and even if no. it could putting it together it would still just feel out of place yeah and it's like you've got Charlize Theron at her like badass so best, fucking badass yeah. and you've got James McAvoy who's super charismatic in this movie he really is just just let them do. Just, like, instead of cutting to what they're doing, just let them do what they do. Yeah. And then debrief at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. And then if you you wanted to, like, flash back and show us the twists and turns, like, we're stupid, fine. But, but, like, don't keep... Every time they cut away from the action, 
I'm like, I'm annoyed. Yeah. You even yeah. had, like, uh, what's-her-face? Uh, Sofia Butella, who was in The Mummy, uh, which we don't need to talk about because I'm getting tired. Yeah, uh, right, right. And Kingsman. not good. Oh, this is us talking about The Mummy. It's not good. Okay. Um, and from Kingsman. And, like, you've got all these great action actors and... You got John Goodman in there just being John Goodman. He's great. And all sure. all of the pieces are here for this movie to be so so good. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that it ends up just being like oh, it is pretty good. Yeah. It's just meh, like the main character of the emoji movie. Meh. <laughs> like you you will see it and you'll enjoy you'll enjoy it because there's some really kick ass action scenes. Yeah. But it's two hours long and there's not enough. It is a movie that you can easily fast-forward through and just be like, this was fine. (laughs) Just fast-forward to the next action scene because everything that happens in between isn't all that great. Yeah. But Charlie's is so, so good. Yeah. All right, well, what about Baby Driver, then? Uh, I think that the editing and mixing of Baby Driver is superb, and I think that it got so much praise coming out that it it maybe just could not live up to that hype in my mind, and I just didn't think... I think it's... That it's love story is just the not love story interesting. is bad. It's not interesting at all. And the I thought the trailers were awful for it. I mean, I hear the movie itself was good, but I thought the trailers for Baby Driver were not great. It's good. Okay, like they're like um, uh, Jamie Foxx is amazing. He's awesome. Um, and like again, like this movie is edited together and and like put together really well. There are really cool effects going on, but it just. Like, there are times where, like, this is a car chase movie and we have slowed down to fucking nothing. And that is just, like, it just hinders what you want to be watching at that point. Yeah. Um, Right. I I feel like he got, uh, Edgar Wright got so wrapped up in, like, uh, trying to do so many things. Right. That he ignored the driver part. When when he doesn't ignore the, the driver part, though... It's the driving fantastic. and the music in this movie are fucking impeccable. The syn- how everything syncs up with the music in this movie is really, yeah. really well done. If did, anything, did I anyone... think maybe the first time he does a heist with Jamie Foxx should not have been so early on. Yeah, I agree. It yeah. could have worked like to right cut away. up the, the more slower parts in the movie. Yeah. Because you go from that opening heist Which is great. to the getting coffee scene Which is really good. to the Jamie Foxx heist very Which quickly. All really great. And then it slows down. Yeah. That. And then it slows down a yeah. lot. Uh, did anyone watch the original like short that he did that it's based on? I did not. No, I didn't even know it was. That's awesome. Oh well, I, well he did a music video. Or oh, that's a filming. Or, yeah, Ooh. yeah. It's good. But uh, yeah, it's it's a really. I think people are so up in arms about like more about like shitting uh, praise all over this movie. Yeah. Because it was just like a regular, not a regular movie, but it's not a superhero movie. It was made for under forty million dollars. Right, John Hamm. Uh, John Hamm's really I, good too. I think the I think this movie. There's a lot of lessons you can get from it, but I hope the lesson that people take from it is like, you can still make movies that aren't superhero related or hundred million dollars if they're interesting and they're fun and they have a lot of really strong character actors doing a lot of, you know, fun character work. Yeah. This movie, like, it, it, it excels in those scenes. I think the love story, it did not need at all, period, yeah. the end. Like, um, did, like you could excise that from this movie, and it's a better movie. 
so so should Ansel Elgort be a thing? I guess I don't, I don't know. know. I don't. I don't. I there the the where he's like dancing and like singing and stuff. That's all like really good funny. Um, but I, when he's when he's not and he's actually having to act and stuff. Well, I just think that this character wasn't as flushed out as that you would want it to be to that's, be the main that's character. Possible. That, yeah, that's like, possible. Yeah, that's possible. His quirks were really interesting, but he needs everything else to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Atomic Blonde and Baby Driver have a lot of the same feelings about. I would say you need to see both. Because both both are entertaining. I but think I, Baby Driver is definitely better. But I would definitely wait for Netflix or, or something. Well, what, if, well, what if we crossed them over? We do, like, Atomic Baby. Put them together. All right. What can we? Or baby atomic bond. boss, baby. Ooh, God. atomic baby boss. Yeah. I would. I would see Baby Driver in theaters. I would rent Atomic Blonde, and Atomic Blonde's a decent rental. Like it's not a bad. Mo- yeah. Neither of these are bad movies. Yeah. No. 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 It's no, just no. they both so, should have been better. Okay. So you say it's like it's like knock around guys level. Oh God. No, it's better than that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not wait. Uh, you know, let's not get into that because then this podcast will for the next three hours. And let's get <laughs> let's get Alex back into the conversation. Let's talk about Valerian oh, and the you. city of a thousand planets. Guys, I held out for this one because I was so excited. <laughs> okay, Valerian, Luke Besson, ah, LB. A, a dark force threatens Alpha, a vast metropolis, and home to the species. Home to species from a thousand planets. Special operatives Valerian and Laureline must face, must race to identify the marauding <laughs> menace and safeguard not just Alpha, but the future of the universe. Uh, to quote another Alpha, ay 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 Alright, I'll allow it. Gotcha. How, question, how is jazz great Herbie Hancock like the main, like their boss. How is like, he not the boss in every is, movie? Is my next <laughs> question to you. There, have there you seen so his, many? Because. Have you seen his filmography? I have not. No, I actually have. Soundtrack. It's expansive. <laughs> I can imagine. Actor. It's not. <laughs> All right. Give us that. Give us the actor rundown then. Okay, Valerian as the defense minister. Classic. Miles ahead, the Miles Davis movie from two years ago. Okay. He's in the ba- he's in a band. Makes sense. Uh, he was in an episode of Girl Meets World. Huh. As Catfish that, Willie Slim. That's a great name. Let's just and, did the mon- were the monkeys not available to be Topanga's <laughs> dad, and they brought in Herbie Hancock instead. And then we have to go as far back as 2002, where he played a district attorney. And then there's some video game stuff, some video game stuff, Wait, video game what? stuff. What video games? I don't know. Invisible Universe, he played a poetry reader. Never played that one somehow. Or have you ever played, I'm assuming it's a computer game, Herbie Hancock Presents Living Jazz? She <laughs> <laughs> got my Twitch stream right after this. And now I'm going to 1981 where he played Gideon on an episode of Concrete Cowboys. And then 1974, where he was on an episode of Soul Train. So, actual acting. One. To who? Three. Three. Three actual acting roles before Valerian. So, the, so the setup of this movie... From 44 years. 
Yeah. The, the setup of this movie, of actually how Alpha came together, I thought was so cool and interesting. I like it a lot. I like um, the yeah. a lot. I love the whole other dimension marketplace. Like, yep. there's oh, so that much cool. that I really liked about this movie, except when the main characters open their dumb, dumb mouths. Uh, I don't oh, know. I love how hey, this guy sounds Lorelai, exactly like Keanu mar- Reeves. Will you marry me? Sounds Look, exactly like Keanu Reeves. He, he makes no sense. This is this is a big budget I, B sci-fi movie, and that is what Luke Besson has always made. And like watching this movie, it feels like the Fifth Element to me. Like it feels like a no. forty-five minute longer version. Of, have you watched the Fifth Element recently? Yes, it's incredible. No, it's Blu-ray. not. It sucks shit because I haven't. I've watched it. Fifth Element is not that good, and this oh, is just up there with that. <laughs> and I like it just as much as the Fifth Element. I liked it better than Atomic Blondes. I had way more no! fun watching this no! movie. Yeah, 100%, no, what? Hundred percent. Tigs, Tigs, hundred percent. Insane. I don't know you. I think you're being a Tigstrarian right now. <laughs> no, this is. I I went from the theater from this straight to Atomic Blonde. Was bored out of my mind for Atomic Blonde, and this I was just like, ah, this just this feels like I'm watching a Luke Besson movie. Like this is exactly what I expect from a Luke Besson movie. Yeah. All right, guys, I'll admit I did an Irish car bomb right before uh, seeing this, in addition to many other different shots. So my my memory might be skewed a little bit, but this movie was insane, right? Yeah, like, no... exactly. <laughs> but that but no one, I'm not. I have no issue with the insanity of the movie because the plot is like fun and stupid, sure, fine. But sure. every time Dane DeHaan said anything, yeah. I could not stand it. Like, I love that. Like, oh, God. I loved Rihanna. <laughs> she was so. Okay. Oh, my God. I loved so Rihanna. I loved Ethan Hawke. I oh, Ethan Hawke was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I could no, so- not tolerate. The two people I'm supposed to care about, and they're and they're like supposed to be like, how old are they supposed to be? Because they both look like they're like ten years old. I think they're supposed and to be keeps, ten years old. Because he, he like, and he's like, marry me, marry me, come on, and like, just do your job, stop harassing her, and do something else. You've got to do it more in a Keanu Reeves sounding voice though, because that didn't sound enough like Keanu to me. Yeah, my thing is just like he, nothing of what the, like you, I could tell how it was written that these lines were supposed to be said like charming or sarcastic or flirty and they didn't say them like that ever no that, I mean, everything you're saying is why i like this movie so much <laughs> i don't understand guys. Well, the weird thing is i still love this world and after, at the end of the movie i was still entertained i was there's parts super, I didn't really like super like it's weird that i still liked it so did rihanna's character did she get shot on screen or not no she did just died she got stabbed, stabbed, she got stabbed yeah, but we never saw it because, like, I came back from the bathroom, like, and I ran as fast as I could because I could not miss a minute of this. And, and she's like, I'm dying. I'm bubble. This is going to be a five-minute-long death scene in it the middle great. of a battle. It was great. It was so much better than a rolling battle Spoiler show. alert. It, it was. It's true. My grandmother used to say, boom. I, no, I don't I, like, I feel like this is just a big, dumb B-movie of a sci-fi flick. And, like, this is basically a sci-fi... Uh, channel movie, and I'm totally okay with that. I, I I wonder if this is like made in conjunction with riff tracks as like <laughs> something for them to do because I would love to see a riff tracks of this movie. I think it would be perfect yeah. for it, and that's why I like this movie. I just don't get that. Like how after Lucy, which was like his biggest hit, they said, "Okay, um, do whatever you do want. 
do an even bigger movie, but don't get an actor that we know or care about. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Why, yeah, I'm not sure. Like casting, Lucy worked because group. of ScarJo. Yeah. yeah. Like, why didn't this have two? And Lucy barely worked. Let's let's not. Like, I agree with that. Lucy, no, financially, Lucy worked. Oh uh, yeah, that that is true. Yeah. Like this movie was not like. Did you think this was going to make money on the strength of? Now I'm not talking about the merits of the movie anymore because it's not like very good. But I'll watch it. Um, exactly. <laughs> you, you spent you spent 170 million dollars on this movie. No, and that's you what don't I love have actors it. that people will go see. No, guys. What what did no, you think it, it was going to pull could... people to the theater? No, no, no. It was not 170 million, was it? Yeah. Thanks for so. That's oh my not God. Okay. Yeah. That's that not is. okay. If I this oh, is the type no. of movie now, granted it was Europa Corp, which is like Luke Besson's company, so right. it's like his money. So right. he just lost one hundred awesome. million dollars, awesome. or if not more. But like, how like these are the I don't believe in studio interference. But if I was a studio head, <laughs> I would be like, fucking no. Remember when we said that stuff earlier about, like, leaving directors alone? Warner shouldn't go in. Yeah, this is where I'm going to leave Bassan. Like, again, this is is exactly what I was expecting from this movie from the trailers. Wait. Okay, but here's my question. Yeah. Do you think that Luke Bassan and his infinite insanity would have been able to make this movie for, like, 75 million less? Oh, no. God, no. Are you kidding me? He needed every single bit. Did you, don't did you see how blue this? some of that stuff was? Like, this is... this That entire opening scene that was all CGI. That was that's $75 best. million dollars of just CGI in that opening scene. But that's oh, the no. thing. It's like, he, he could have... There could have been corners cut. This did not have to cost almost $200 million. I would, like... I, I, think think he, I opening... like to think he's creative enough to pull this off to pull that off like i feel like this movie like the opening bits where where it's on like the other planet and you kind of see it getting destroyed that is le- i i feel like that none of that needed to be there like i am totally happy with them just it didn't like, need to be that long it didn't need to be there at all like i i feel like it going through this whole thing to them discovering an alien that is being tortured by one of their own and being like why is this guy being tortured and then going and figuring out that it was like this whole destruction thing later. Like that's all I need to see. Like I, I don't need that yeah. intro bit. Yeah. Um. Oh my god, this movie was two hours and seventeen minutes. Yeah, and yeah. it was glorious. <laughs> A glorious two hours and seventeen minutes. I got all the comic books after I saw this movie. Guys, but, get drunk before it. You won't regret it. I was stone cold sober. And wait, <laughs> I wait it was so they a lot of fun. Alright, so this is I would not spoilers. so let me say also this before I would not recommend that anyone see this movie, but I like this movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that is like if someone was Wait. gonna be like, should I see it? I'd be like, nah. <laughs> I just love that it sounds like we have similar feelings, but we're saying them in two Because <laughs> I had fun, but I wouldn't I wouldn't tell anyone to go yeah, see this. I'd rather I, tell you all the things that did so right. poorly. But this or Jupiter Ascending. This, what would you rather watch? This. this. Yeah. This. Um, okay, wait. So I completely forgot. This so or the Cloud end, Atlas? I love Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. <laughs> no. no, I love that. That is movie. the true true. <laughs> that movie is so good. See, it's on Netflix now. That movie could have been a half hour longer. <laughs> That's uh, what I'm saying. Could have been a half hour long. I would have agreed. <laughs> and more racially confusing. <laughs> guys, guys uh, just don't get it. Never mind. I, I was gonna ask. So they did. They did bring back the stuff from the beginning at the end, right? Like the other dimension thing. They did bring that back. 
What? They like jump into the other like the uh, they jump through that wall the the Stargate basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. At the, yeah, no. Alex no, doesn't remember the, the end of this movie. No, no, no. So the beginning. Remember when they're they're like doing that like heist? There's the heist thing. Yeah. And they got done in yeah, the other dimension. That, just that uh, marketplace is in another dimension because it's yeah. so big. Oh, okay. So that never comes back. That's what I thought. No. Well, it's just the market. No. So well, there's the market. There's what they take in the market, which is basically the impetus for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eh, it doesn't matter. All right, yeah. None of this matters. No, it doesn't. But I still liked it. I give it four and a half space hamsters. Um, all right. Out of how many? Uh, Out of four, somehow. It's that good. (laughs) Um, all right, let's move. This has been going on for so long. Uh, Russ, which one do you want to do next? It doesn't matter, but let's get to the, uh, let's just, like... Let's rapid fire through. Yeah, one one sentence reviews of everything else. Dark Tower. I don't know how anyone could enjoy it unless you've read all the books and are prepared to not watch a dark a movie based on those books. <laughs> and you're just watching a movie that references references those books. Like there's references to other Stephen King stuff, and you, if you just think this is going to be a movie that references the Dark Tower, it's enjoyable. All right. <laughs> That's that seems interesting to me. And all right, short. Russ, give me one. Uh, I saw what we actually already did to Mummy, so I'm all good. <laughs> Tiggs, give me one. All right, uh, so we did Emoji Or Movie. give me a bunch, because you... I, I saw a bunch, of, a bunch of bad movies. Uh, Wish Upon is, I think, pretty good for a PG-13 horror movie that's like an hour and a half long. I think that it's getting, like, it's not a great movie, it's pretty poorly acted, but it gets right into the act, like, into the horror bits of it, like, it doesn't wait an hour and ten minutes and then have five minutes of something happen at the end. It's just, it's progressive throughout the entire time, and I and I actually enjoyed it. Um, cool, Bob. Uh, a ghost story? It is, you know it's going to be super pretentious going in, so when you go and you see it, and the entire movie is shot in 4 by 3 and you're just like, is, this, is it going to like, is, are the are the bars at the right and left side of the screen, is it going to expand at some point? And it doesn't, and you're just like, man, Rudy Mara can really eat this fucking pie. And you know, it's, it's like, yeah, it's 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 enjoyable. That, like, honestly, there and there's some. Do I need to see this movie? <laughs> like, there's just a shot of Rudy Mara eating a pie for five minutes, and at that point in the movie, it is the most action that has happened in the movie. Does she eat a whole pie? Not, it's not the whole pie. What kind of what kind of pie? Uh, that I'm not, that I'm not sure about. Mm. Very poor quality. <laughs> Again, it's um, shot in like it's basically four by three with like rounded corners, like it's a, a home movie. The, the entire time, it's very yeah. weird. A very pretentious movie. And no the, thanks. Pirates of the Caribbean. Go. Uh, it's better than the last two, three. <laughs> oh, okay, this cool. This is five. It's better than the last three. Uh, let so me let me leave this podcast and go see it on that recommendation. <laughs> um, it's. What else do we have here? Uh, Alien Covenant. Baywatch. Oh, Baywatch is... It's, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Um, so not good. Same thing with Chips. That? If anyone's seen Chips, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. <laughs> you it's chips. actually Yeah, I actually chips? thought Chips was pretty good. <laughs> no. Yeah, saw Chips. It's, it's pretty funny. I laughed a bunch of times during <laughs> Chips. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, we, uh, we gotta, wait, hold up. we got to unpack this a little bit. Wait, uh, what, what's up with Chips? <laughs> it, it's your man, Dax. Oh, man. Yeah. Is it's actually good though? It's exactly what you think. It's it's dumb. It's dumb as hell. Like it's right. it's what you think a chips movie would be. And there I th- I felt like from the trailers you think that Dax is going to be like kind of the cool badass um but it's not. It's the complete opposite of that. He's like the the dunce throughout the entire movie. Um Does Eric Estrada show up? He does show up at the end. Um right. 
Obviously, I mean, it had, I think it's in his contract. He had to. Um, but I thought it was it was a, it was a fun movie to to watch. Like if if you got like an hour and a half, <laughs> it's it's totally fine. It's a, it's almost exactly like Baywatch, and that like this is what I would expect from yeah. a movie that was coming out. Now. I really enjoyed it. Comes at night. I, I so think did it's, I. I think it's a type of movie that really needed its. Um, advertising campaign to be exactly what it was, even though it's not quite what the movie is. Right, and the, because it, it's it the opposite it, from Atomic Blonde in a way, yeah. where it's like you think it's going to be one thing and it's not. This is the same way, but this like delivers on all the uh, yeah. everything that you. Atomic want. Blonde. I'm sorry. Uh, it comes at night. Really works with fucking with your expectations. Yeah. Almost in the same way that. Uh, Get out. The original catfish film. Oh did. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. That, that was like, but that was like mind blowing when that happened in yeah. the catfish film. Um, but no, I felt like It Comes at Night was like super well done, super yeah. tense the entire time. Very good. Uh, it's very good. Very, very good. Uh, Alien Covenant. God, why did that get made? <laughs> did you guys, what did you guys think of Prometheus? Because it's a sequel. Straight up. Ugh. I heard it's like the same thing pretty much. But is it the good parts of Prometheus or the bad parts? I, what were the good parts? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I as someone who liked Prometheus, I don't know what the good parts were either. It looked I think there was a good idea in that movie that never came out, and I also think it looked cool. Yeah. Uh um, there there it, are bits and pieces of Alien Covenant that are that are pretty cool, but it's not on the whole it's just it's not great. Um uh, How deep do, does it think it is? How deep does it think it is? Yeah. Yeah, pretty deep. Yeah, I'm figured. Uh, <laughs> Last night, me and Russ saw an early screening of the Hitman's Bodyguard. I kind of want to see this. It's it. There's some fun stuff to it. How does it compare to Valerian? Uh, I would I would see Valerian again first. Wait, which one is this? Hitman's I, I would probably see Hitman's Bodyguard. <laughs> Selma Hayek is the best part. She's in this. Yeah, oh, yes. she's the best part of the movie. Uh, their chemistry is great. I think Ryan Reynolds. Uh, because he's Ryan Reynolds, took away from the movie a little bit because it's just he think he was a little miscast, and I think it could have worked a little bit yeah. better with a different actor, especially at the beginning. Ryan right. Reynolds, they needed, a... yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, it's it's like that character. He falls into that character a little bit more, but he's just too charming at the beginning to really make it work. They That's needed like Reynolds, a though. straight man that you don't that you don't like. Yeah. Because uh, Ryan Reynolds, like Everyone you, ultimately will always be like, oh, I like that guy. Yeah. Uh, I almost wanted to not root for him for the beginning of the movie a little bit, but you were just, like, on his side from, like, moment one. But their chemistry, I would like to see them get, be in a film that befits their chemistry and is better. Because they, they really did have a palpable chemistry that was, like, really, really solid. And I liked what this movie was trying to do. In that, like, make, like, one of those, like, 1980s, 1990s buddy cop Uh, action comedies, but I don't think it has enough action or is funny enough. It falls in that, like, weird uh, uncanny valley where it doesn't quite do either one enough. Does this, like, is this basically on the heels of Nice Guys? Like, is that where this Uh, is coming from? If if you gave, like, like, Shane Black the both Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, he would make something fucking unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the frustrating thing. It's like, if you took that level of quality in terms of writing and directing, yeah. but you take, put, took both these actors and you put them in it, it would be awesome. Who directed so, this? So, 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 so know. good. Like, literally. Uh, the guy Patrick Hughes. The guy oh. who did Expendables. Gotcha. All right. It just, it needed a higher pedigree. 
and I feel like if it had better writing and better direction, it would have been a, an infinitely better film. Yeah. Okay. But I'm curious to see if they ever do a movie together again, if they at least enjoyed filming it, uh, because I want to see them together again, and I want to see more. And I like seeing crazy Samuel L. Jackson, which um, he's kind of he's basically playing. Samuel L. Jack, like the Samuel L. Jackson we've built up in our heads. Yeah, okay, which is kind of fun. That's actually you're selling me on it. I want to see it. It's not bad. It's just not. It's a little good. long. Yeah, a little yeah, bit too it's much. Too, it's too much. Exposition. It's two hours. It's really fun if you pretend that this movie stars Gary Oldman as his character from Air Force One, Ooh. who just mysteriously survives. Can I pretend that? Yeah, I did. It was fun. This This sounds like I would enjoy (laughs) it. It was the same person. All right, should we wrap this up, guys? Do we have any last words before we we have our closing comments? By closing comments, I mean our outward spiel. No, I'm good. No. I'm fine. All right, well, then you can find us on the web, moviemoviepodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter, at moviemoviebc. You can email us your questions, complaints, uh, how much you love Valerian, to moviemoviepodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes and rate us by searching for The Priest and the Beekeeper, which is the name of our improv troupe. And we have the show uh, the third Thursday of every month at the Creek in the Cave. It's called Pig Pile. It's this month. Uh, next Thursday, August 17th. It starts at 8 p.m. Uh, we co-host it's technically it. every month. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, third Thursday of every month, but it just happens to be next Thursday from today's Thursday, so then it's one week from today. Uh, Nick Maritato is our co-host. We get some stand-ups, we get some improv, and we have a good time usually, but not always. But there's always cheap booze, so that's all that matters. Uh, But thank you guys for being here, and thank you all for listening, and we will see you guys hopefully in a month on the Movie Movie Podcast. (laughs) Lates. <laughs>